McShane Bible Study Day 242. We're in 1 Samuel 23. And we, we, we just see more of this story of David where you know, the Lord is making his way, right? Um, some people of Judah need his help because they're attacked by the Philistines. And he inquires of the Lord. The Lord says, go, you know, take, go help them. His men are scared, but he inquires of the Lord again. And the Lord says, yeah, I will give them into your hand. So he goes and does it. And then Saul's coming after him. And he says, uh-oh, we're trapped in this city. Are they going to hand me over to Saul? And the Lord says, they will. So in every way, he's leading and guiding and taking care of David. And David, in every way, is seeking the Lord for guidance. Right? Those two go hand in hand. And then at one point, Saul, Jonathan makes a covenant with David again. Um, but then Saul comes and he basically has him trapped, right? With the Ziphites. And, and then some, the Israel is attacked by the Philistines again. So Saul has to leave. So again, in a different way, the Lord is protecting and taking care of David, right? When, when we walk with the Lord... We can have confidence. He is in control of everything, no matter what is going around us, on around us. Mm -hmm. Right? And then we're on 1 Corinthians 4. And it starts out, This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So they've just been arguing whether they're following uh, Paul or Apollos or Peter. And he's saying, look, this is, this is who we are as apostles. Apostle is one sent by God, and he's here defining, and then he's also explaining, and and uh, what's a better word, uh, showing them what the life is like being an apostle. That always sounds good to people. Ooh, I want to be an apostle. I want to be an apostle. Um, but he's saying this is what our life looks like. <laughs> you know, um, he says. But first of all, just defining, he says, you should regard us as servants of Christ. So what does it mean to be an apostle? To be a servant of Christ and a steward of the mysteries of God. So God would establish apostles to establish the kingdom of God in an area, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, so we have these mysteries and, and we're working to establish and given the grace by God to establish them. And he says, as far as myself, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know of anything against myself, but I take myself whenever anything does come up or the Lord reveals anything, I, I quickly do my best to remove it. And so that we talked about this the other day, so that, you know, I'm fully judged before the Lord. And I, I you know, I walk in, in cleanliness, clean, cleanness, cleanliness, knowing that I've, I'm giving everything and anything that he comes up, that he comes up, I deal with. Mm -hmm. um, verse 7 says, For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? So he says, if you're being filled up with pride over something in your spiritual life, that's complete foolishness. Everything in your spiritual life is a gift from God. If then it was a gift, why would you brag about it? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then verse 9 says, For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, 
because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels, and to men. So, <clears throat> he's saying, we're, we're, we're pouring out ourselves, just as Jesus did. We're pouring out ourselves for your benefit. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he, he, he and goes through all the difficulties that they've, they've gone through. And so when he should, says to follow them, let's see, uh, verse 15 and 16. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became fa- your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then be imitators of me. So he's talking about the family structure of God. Mm-hmm. He says, look, I'm a, I'm a father to some of you, right? Mm-hmm. In the spirit. And so, what what does that mean? It means teaching you my ways so that you become like me in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not, he, and, you know, he's made it clear. This is not for me or my benefit. What does my life in the earth look like? He's like, it's been pretty rough, right? God's made me go through some really difficult things, but it's all for your benefit. And so I gladly do it. So he's not saying follow me in, in trying to have bad things happen. He's saying, follow me in seeking the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you can see that I seek the Lord wholeheartedly because of the life I'm actually living. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's proof that uh, this is not for me. Because who would choose this life? If, if it was a carnal, worldly thing, no one would choose the life of Paul. Right? I've had, you know, I've talked to non-believers who think that the um, the church spread. Because one of the things that struck me uh, when I came to Christ was, you know, when they were with Jesus and Jesus started being persecuted, he ran away. But then afterwards, something happened that made them so fervent that they all served the Lord unto their death. And... to me that's such a powerful testimony obviously they saw jesus raised from the dead like they were convinced that death could not hurt them and they were willing to give their lives even though it meant death in this flesh because they knew that they had overcome death Mm -hmm. right because jesus had shown them that and uh, paul you know is a little bit different circumstance but the same kind of thing he's living they, they tried to kill him many times many many times right he didn't care. He's like, I'm living for the Lord. I know the life of the Lord. I'm not worried about this body. And so to me, that was such amazing proof that what they were sharing was real. And and I remember I had a conversation on a plane with a guy once, and he was like, well, they, they're just out for their own fame. I'm like, dude, I don't think you really understand what they went through. No one chooses to go through all that they went through. To be, it wasn't a fun kind of fame, you know? Uh, but people say all kinds of things without really knowing much of anything. Um, the reality is they chose that no matter what, they were going to follow Christ. And because of this time and season that they were in, it meant those guys went through a lot of uh, physical difficulties, right? Uh, verse 20 says, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. This is, it's not fine words that God's kingdom is established through. It's not through fancy speeches. It's not through mm-hmm. you saying this or that or thinking this or that about yourself. 
It's through the power of God working in you and amongst you. That is the kingdom. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we're reading Ezekiel 2, which is a very short chapter. And, uh, and you know, we're continuing on with this throne room experience. The spirit enters Ezekiel, lifts him up, and he says, look, I'm sending you. So this is very similar. Now, uh, an apostle is kind of a New Testament thing, right? Um, here, Ezekiel, not an apostle, he's, he's a prophet. And of course, there's in the New Testament as well. But um, he says, I'm sending you, my people are rebellious, these people, because he had sent the people into Babylon. And he, you know, told them, look, Settle in, live your lives, you know, worship the Lord, just, you know, do that thing there. But they were rebellious. They kept having, even though they just should have learned their lesson when they got kicked out of Jerusalem, they still were continuing to go their own ways. But God says, I'm sending you to my people. And whether or not they believe you, what you're saying, they will know that you're a prophet in their midst. And uh, then he ends the short chapter by saying, I'm going to have you eat this scroll, and we'll pick that up tomorrow. And we're wrapping up in John 3, and this is a famous conversation with Jesus and Nicodemus. And uh, verse 3 says, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So we we see a level of... of uh, Activity with the kingdom is seeing it. That's a first step, right? We have to know it exists. We, in a in a real way, like you see it. Not it's not theoretical because you you see that this is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So born again has to happen, right? So you have to be baptized. You have to come into believing that there's this thing. Secondly. What was I talking about? Sorry, my calendar's saying something. I don't know. Oh, I mistyped it. That's why. Verse 5. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Well, now, now we're not just seeing it, we're entering it. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're born anew of both the water and the Spirit, and we're entering the kingdom. I, I don't want to... On one hand, these are important principles he's laying out. On the other hand, it's not like it's a a religious list. But they're principles to help us. We want to go beyond seeing. We want to go to entering. Later on, he talks about inheriting, right? Uh, But we want to live our lives in the kingdom even while we're in the earth, right? So we've been talking about a lot lately that the rules of this world don't apply to us because we are part of the kingdom. Right? So here Jesus is kind of explaining that. Eight says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So he says, if you're living this life, it's you're not tangibly different than your neighbor who's not in any way that the, those of the world can see. Right? You look the same. And then going down the last couple of verses, starting in 34. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. We just talked about uh, 
you know, Paul of finding a, an apostle who's one set. Now, Jesus is talking about himself here, but, well, let's see. No, sorry, I'm just picking the verses out. I guess this is John speaking because it's not in red. Um, but it, it's a true principle, but also he's obviously talking about Jesus here. Um, and so Jesus had this spirit without measure, but this is a principle that as he raises many sons, as he establishes people with the mysteries of his kingdom to establish and train up the many sons to come after them, he gives his spirit without measure and he has all power authority and desire to do these things, right? Mm -hmm. 35, the father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Does it say will have eternal life? No, it says whoever believes in the son has eternal life, right? You're talking about receiving the eternal life now. Whoever does not obey the son shall not see life. So obedience is key here, mm -hmm. right? So the belief is tied with the obedience. It's not just a believing in your, in your head and then going about with your life in a different way. It's tied in with obedience because he says, whoever does not obey the son shall not see life. Mm -hmm. If we don't obey, we can't come into this life. We can't live this life. But the wrath of God remains on him. So again, blessing or curse. We live in the wrath of God or we enter the kingdom in this life of God, mm -hmm. right? All right, you have anything else? No. All right, well, God bless you.